A mighty welcome to all our listeners to Eternity Podcast Australia. The purpose of this podcast is to give all listeners the message that will help us to prepare for the Kingdom of God. This session is part three of the topic, The Judgment Day of the Lord, by Dr. Amish. Please have your notepad, pen, and let us begin. Let's pray. Mighty Father, we bow at your feet at this hour, and Father, we come to you just as we are, that in your gracious mercy, in your sovereign mercy, in your transcendent grace, you receive us you are. Receive us as you are, as the Savior, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, the Healer, the one who alone is our hope in eternity. Father, we therefore ask that you allow your word to come forth with tremendous power and authority. Let it be the word that comes from above, that it will prevail and triumph in this place over everything else, that it shall minister healing, salvation, deliverance, and transformation. Father, we submit to the power and authority of your word. And we ask, O Lord, that your name alone, your word alone, the blood alone, will be exalted in this place. Father, to the glory of the kingdom of Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord for giving us another time at his feet. This morning, the Lord spoke to us and he made it very clear to us that he has fixed a day. He says he has fixed a day. And on that day, something will happen. And we saw that it, that day is not a small day. It is the most important day in all eternity. The day that in all our lives, we must prepare. He has fixed a day. The Lord, he has fixed a day. And he says that we must prepare for that day. Hallelujah. Our scripture was from Acts 17, 29 to 31. And he says, being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imaginations of man. And we saw that our Christianity can be the Christianity of the imag imagination of humans. It's possible to serve the Lord according to our own understanding. And we saw that if we did that, that is idolatry, idol worship. And we saw that even as these people were worshiping expensive idols, gold-plated idols, Silver-plated idols, those idols were useless, powerless, hopeless, and able to save. And if we were to serve God, if we were to live our Christian life according to our own imaginations, this Christian life that is meant to prepare us for a particular day will disappoint us. The Bible says, the times of ignorance God overlooked. And if there is any scripture in the uh, Bible that is so heartwarming, so good, 
so hopeful, uplifting, renewing, this is one. And we saw how the Lord is saying that he's drawing a line in the sand. That up till now, it doesn't matter what we have done. It doesn't matter the sins we have committed. The ignorance of our Christianity. The wickedness of our Christianity. The deceitfulness of our Christianity. It does not matter. It does not matter. He says that those times were times of ignorance. And he, the sovereign Lord, he, the sovereign God, he, the sovereign Savior, he is overlooking the Holy One, the Righteous One, the Pure One, the Blameless God, the One whose eyes cannot tolerate sin. He said that because of a certain day, because of a certain day, he's overlooking. He is overlooking all that we have done. But there is a catch. There is a condition. He says, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. He is commanding us to repent. He says, if we will repent, it does not matter what we have done. There is sufficient power in the cross. There is transcendent power in the blood to forgive us. But if we do not repent, there is a day coming. He says that the reason why he's overlooking all the mess we have ever made, the reason why he's commanding us to repent is that he has set a day in the calendar of eternity. He has marked out a certain day. And that on that day, he will judge the whole world in righteousness, in righteousness. And we saw that that day called the day of the Lord it's not a 24-hour period or day. But it's a day that starts at the midnight hour of the rapture of the church and ends in eternity. And ends in eternity. And he says that he has appointed someone to be the judge. And he has told us who that person is before the time comes. And he says that person, he has raised him from the dead. And by that he's telling us that the Savior will be the judge on that day. The Savior, the Savior himself. And you, you, you will know that indeed the Savior will know whether you, you belong to him or you do not. That indeed you have received him or you have rejected him. And we saw how the Christianity of our own imagination is a rejection of the Savior himself. But there's good news for us. There's good news for us. He says, up till now, or unto this day, he will forgive, he will overlook, he will pardon, he will pardon, he will forgive our sins, and he will pardon our guilt. He will deal with the present situation of sin in our lives, and he will sort out the past history or the history of sin in our lives. And then, when that is done, he will take care of the future penalty of sin. How terrible is that day? And we look at two reasons why that day must be very terrible. And we said, for the Holy God to say that I am overlooking all the sins that have been committed in the past. Because of a day. Because of a day. Because of a day. Then it means that it is serious. Then it means that it is serious. What is it about this day that God is prepared to wipe out the record of our sins forever? 
it must be a terrible day to have sin in your life. But then we look at the other reason why it must be a terrible day. And we saw that because of this particular day and the outcome of what uh, happens on that day, the mighty God sent his only son and that is where things be begin to get serious. The Bible says the king of glory, the king of kings, the lord of lords, a time came in heaven, the God who cannot change. He says, I am the Lord, I change not. He says, he took off his glory. He laid it aside. He said, there is work on the earth for me to do. I must change. I must lay aside my form, I mean the form of God. That is what the scripture says. And take the form of a servant. The form of a human being. Because there is a day coming and I must go quickly to the earth. Otherwise, it will be very bad for people on the earth. So the God who cannot change, for that period of time, he changed. Because of a day. Because of a day. Because of a day. Because of a day. God, the glorious one, the one before whom all the angels bow. In fact, the reason why we cannot see God is that the glory of his holiness is such that sinful eyes cannot behold him. We will be destroyed. For him to lay aside his glory and come for us to treat him the way we treated him. He must know something about that day that we do not know. We know how the Bible puts it. It says we maltreated Jesus so badly that he did not look like a human being when he was hanging on the cross. I do not know what we did to him. After spitting on him, hitting him on the head, we beat him so badly that everyone who saw Jesus on the cross will not ask, who is this? No, they, they, don't, they did not ask that way. He said, what is that? The Bible says that he did not look like a human being. Because of that day, because of that day. And you know, we, dis we, made, we made sure we disgraced him. We stripped him naked. God himself. And we hang him in public. Rejoicing over his agony. Wow. And that is not all. The Bible says, for our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin. God put our sins on Christ Jesus, the holy God. He is eternally separated from sin. As we will soon see the uh, definition of holiness. He is eternally separated from sin. And the reason why people will go to hell, let me tell you one of the secrets. It's not because, it's not because God does not love people. The Bible says that I have loved you with an everlasting love. That is why I have drawn you to myself. So those who go to hell, God still loves them. But his holiness is so absolute that he cannot be touched with sin. From eternity to eternity, God can never be touched with sin. So what will make God put our sins upon the body of his son? What will make him do that? In fact, the Bible says that he was made sin for us. The Bible says that he carried our sin in his own body. 
And it was so real that he died as if for his own sins. As if. Why would God do that? Because of a certain day. Because of a certain day. On Calvary Tree, he suffered for me. He loves me. I cannot tell why. He loves me. I cannot tell why. He loves me. I cannot tell why. On Calvary Tree, He suffered for me. He loves me. On Calvary Tree, He suffered for me. I do not know why. I cannot explain it. I cannot tell you why. But he knows. He knows why he did that. And today he's telling you and I that it's because of a certain day. Are you ready for that day? Are you ready? He did it for you and I. That on that day, on that day, we will be found holy. We will be found holy. In the eyes of God. In the eyes of God. Not in my eyes, not in your own eyes, but in the eyes of God. That is why he did that. That is why, that is why, that is why. That is why God went on the cross. That is why. On Calvary tree, he suffered for me. He loves me. I cannot tell why. He loves me. Cannot tell why. Have mercy upon my soul. Don't be like the other worshippers who have gods they have fashioned with their own imaginations. Who pay artisans, who pay craftsmen to make gods for them. Don't let any mercenary preacher tell you that God will not punish sin. Please don't do that. Why would he go to the cross? Why would he do that? Why would the eternally holy God be touched with sin? Why would the Lord of glory hang naked, naked, in public, with everything showing, why would he do that? Why would God, who can never change, change for you and I? Why would God swear by his own self-existence, eternal self-existence, that he will, he, he, he will not be God if he delights in the death of a sinner? He says, tell them, as I live, says the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked should turn and live. He says he wants even the wicked to live with him in heaven. If only the wicked will turn. But he's telling us that if the wicked will not turn, 
if we will refuse to repent, it says a day is coming. And it says that day, it says this, it's a terrible thing, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And it says that I should warn you if I fear him. It says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He's telling us that if we understand the day that is coming, the seriousness of that day, and in the morning we mention a few things, that is a day of great distress and shame. Distress because a soul will know that eternity without God is ahead of me. The terror of hell will catch up, in fact, will rest upon your heart. It will consume your heart. The agony upon your mind and your heart. And you know that the judge is going to pronounce a righteous judgment in your case. And that judgment will consign you to everlasting destruction in the lake of fire forever, without mercy, beyond the mercies of God. And says that those who are believers, they will tell their friends, they will tell their brothers, they will tell their sisters that please, that day is coming. Please prepare. It says, therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. We persuade men. It says, don't let anyone deceive you with empty words. Prepare. That day is coming. The cross is a historical fact. And there's a story behind the cross. We thank the Lord so much for the message we have received. Indeed, this is the message of this hour, as we are all eagerly awaiting for the coming of the Messiah. We would like to extend an invitation to all our listeners. Please visit our website at www.messianicministriesinc.org to find an altar nearest to you. Please stay tuned to listen to part four of the Judgment Day of the Lord. God bless.